0: We love joining new coaching programs because it hits all of our endorphins and our endorphins are saying, this is the time. This is the one, this is the tactic. And it's like, it might've been, and it might be. Problem is it's in your hands and you don't know how to handle yourself. So you have a great, great tool in your hand. Problem is you're too fucked up to understand how to actually use it. Because you won't sit down and actually write down, what did I do this last seven days?
1: I've learned so much over this first year of podcasting, and I wanted to share with you guys the 10 most life-changing lessons that I've learned this year. So I created a document, and it's on my website. What you're going to do, you're going to go there. It's going to be 10 life-changing lessons. Click on that button. It'll ask for your email address so I can email it to you. Sign up for it, because these life lessons radically changed the way I viewed my life And the way I started living, it helped me to get better in the areas that I've so desperately wanted to see progress and growth in. And because I know they helped me, I really believe that they will help you. And I wanted this to be a gift for you guys. So I really hope you enjoy this gift and go to the website, thewholepersonpodcast.com to get it. It's free. And I hope you guys enjoy and learn as much as I did from it. Today, we have an awesome guest. His name is Keith Yaki. I came across Keith on another podcast and his story sounds very similar to some of the same life situation I have found myself in. And so since I figured we had kindred hearts, I reached out to him. And today joining us, sir, I want to say thank you for your time coming on the show. I really appreciate you doing so.
0: Man, it's such an honor to to be here on your show. So thanks for having me, man.
1: You bet. So I don't know how many of our audience members listening to this has met you or heard of you, but man, I want you to give your own introduction. Who are you? What are you about? What are you currently doing?
0: Yeah, I'm just a guy that wants to live my best life, probably like a lot of your listeners, right? So I'm always pushing my potential. Um, I love business. I've started a bunch of them. I've been pretty successful in those businesses. And, uh, currently right now I live in orange County, California, where I surf a lot and, uh, run my coaching business and still invest in real estate. So real estate's kind of been a thing for me. And, um, I'm deep in the, the pit of building a really cool brand with my wife about teaching people how to have real relationships. And, um, yeah so that's what that's what I'm about helping people
1: well awesome for those of you that don't know and I don't know if you knew this Keith but I my entire life wanted to be a pastor and then as of the last man I even went to to school and took out hundreds of thousands of dollars of of debt and uh not being a pastor. I'm actually in real estate myself. I'm a real estate agent and I got into the real estate game because I also want to be a real estate investor and, you know, work on relationships as well. So what has your experience been like within working within real estate, but also just being an entrepreneur and developing relationships with other people to to be mutually beneficial?
0: Well, you know, What's interesting to me is people say sometimes they'll be like, "Oh, real estate—that's a—that's a, that's a relate—that's a relationship business." And while I agree with them, it they almost they almost sound like they're saying that it and only a few other businesses are relationships business. When I believe actually every business is a relationship business, so I think that because you're going to have a relationship with people you're working with on your team. You're going to have relationships with vendors or real estate agents bringing you properties or contractors. So like, you've got to understand, I think the greatest skill you could ever learn is how to truly interact with people. And I think the, my favorite quote is, um, I want people that when I leave, they just go, "Wow, well, my life was better because that person came into my life. You know what I mean? Right. So, I think that there's a lot of skills that can be learned in that, um, not the least of which is being others' focus. Whether it's sales, whether it's influence, whether it's leadership, when you focus on the other person and say, hey, you know, this is a real person that has real needs, they've got a problem, they need a solution, those types of things. And if I'm the best fit to be able to help them fix their problem, then yeah, I will push for that. But if I don't think I'm the best fit, then I want to be the guy, and I am the guy that will point to somebody else and say, hey, you know what, this person's a better fit for you to get the result you're really looking for.
1: Right. So how has that played out, say, since the beginning of your career? Because, you know, as we were talking on the phone, you said that this is a very important topic to you because along the way, you know, from what you said in your text that your life got pretty well screwed up several years ago.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that relationship was specifically with my wife and, um, I had the rude awakening a little over three years ago when she basically said, you know, we had gotten our dream home in Vegas and she said, I'll help you move in, but I'm not staying. And I was, you know, the typical guy that was running his business, coming home. I tell my wife all about my business wins. And then I would fall asleep on the couch, and she said, "This isn't this isn't working for me. Like that's you're not showing up as the dad you said you'd be. You're not showing up as the husband you said you'd be. So I'm out of here. You know, after many warnings and me not changing. And I think what happens is, for me, I was sitting in this beautiful, gorgeous, big home with all the fixings alone, and I thought this couldn't be any." further from the success of what I wanted in my head you know what I mean right so it's like cool you make all this money and your daughter is in another state being fed dinner by another dude because whatever business you were running apparently was so much more important than her and it just it became a very like I was like well that's not the way I want to live my life so that had a massive transformation on what happened moving forward and the way I show up today for my wife and, you know, for my daughter, which I'm actually really excited because we're giving her her first dog today. She's five and a half and we can't wait to go pick it up and uh, surprise her with it when she comes home from school.
1: That's awesome. So you, you're still married to, to your first wife then?
0: Yeah. Well, this, she's my second wife, but yeah, no, we, we, we got back together Um, About four or five months after, you know, we were separated, not even separated, like we were done and moved on, but we end up working it out and, um, you know, now it's just been, it's been amazing, but I had to really learn some real valuable things and and I, I always break it down to the real simple basic thing. Like for me, the reason why I have such an amazing relationship with my wife now and my business is growing and I'm healthier than I've ever been. And I feel more connected to the people who are in my life than I ever have is three uh, D's. I call it the dishes, diapers, and dates theory.
1: Okay. You explain that to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, if you're going to dirty a dish, clean your dish. If you've got a kid in diapers, change them every once in a while and make sure to take your significant other on a date that they want to go to, not just everything that you want to do. You know what I mean? So again, it's that other, it's that servant hearted leadership. It's the other focused mentality that says, it's not just all about me. And so many driven entrepreneur, a type personality guys, um, they, it's almost by default. They feel like everybody's there to support them, fulfill their vision. And they don't even see it. They, they, I, I, we have a name for the guy that I used to be. We call him Trevor. And okay. so, like, if, if ever I start acting up, uh, Evan, my wife's like, wow, that looks a lot like Trevor. I'm like, no, we don't like Trevor. Trevor's not allowed in this house anymore.
1: That's funny.
0: Yeah. So- but I see it all the time. Like, I can tell, like, I, you know, when I meet guys that they got families and whatever, that's who I kind of relate more to is, you know, the guy. I've got four kids, you know, a wife and four kids. And, you know, it's, it's a juggling act, right? And when I, like, I can just tell guys who are really self into themselves, it's like, oh, we got a Trevor on our hands. And it's only a amount of time before that blows up. But sometimes, you know, a lot of women won't stand up for themselves. And I, I don't know how many women you have listening to this podcast, but I can tell you this. If, if, if you're settling in any way, shape or form, it's Trevor's don't get better. Your life's not going to get better until you stand up for exactly what you want. And I think that applies maybe for everybody, but for specifically women that are there married to entrepreneurs or support. Do you have a lot of women that listen to this podcast, Evan?
1: We got a few.
0: Okay, cool. Well, hopefully if any of them are feeling stuck or not knowing what to do, that they will stand up for themselves. I was so proud of my wife that she stood up and said, I, this isn't acceptable. This is one we agreed to and I'm out of here.
1: So, you know, the the idea of this podcast is the whole person podcast in faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. Uh. And it it sounds like you have really made that kind of your core in the context that you keep what's important, important, and each one leads to the other. Meaning that if you're, let's just, you know, go to the Zig Ziglar idea where, you know, if you're relationship spiritually is a little bit bit deflated you know it causes a little bump in that wheel in that flat area and so the Mm -hmm. idea is to to be fully inflated or at least evenly inflated in these areas what advice do you have um just on all of those because it sounds like you're doing well in all of those
0: yeah you know what I think it has to do with focus and it has to do with cutting out stuff that doesn't matter. Like this crazy trend where we are literally attached to our foam and then we jump on and we scroll through. Like, why do we do that? We're addicted to it, but it, it's like people aren't focused on the things that actually matter. They busy themselves with shit that doesn't matter or it's a form of entertainment. And then they wonder why everything else falls apart. So for me, I am just i just got very, very clear. I decided, okay, I want the next 10 years to be better than the last 10 years. And what does that actually mean? Well, it means I've got to have some sort of a standard for how I live my life. And I have to have some sort of a filter with which I spend my time on. So, you know, I, which podcast do I want to actually be interviewed on? I get asked by a lot of people to do them. and I deny almost all of them only because of the different seasons in my life. So it's like, all right, in this season of my life, what do I want to put my attention on and what do I want to pour my heart into and what's worth the investment? So right now, for the last three years, I've been, you know, empowering my wife to live her best life because I always tell people, hey, listen, I want, if anything I can help you do to help you by, you know, so when you get to the end of your life, you can look back and live it with no regrets. Uh, I think a lot of times for those of us that are on stage or out front or, or have the microphone, we're telling all these other people to do it, but are you, are you empowering the people around you to also do that? So when I look at my wife, I go, can she say that she's living her best life? And can she say Keith's the biggest proponent of empowering me to do that? So it has to do with focus. It has to do with distraction. It has to do with okay, what do we what are we getting clear on? I think that's the biggest thing that I was just so unclear about what I was supposed to do. It was just make money, make more money, make more money. It's like, all right, dude, but you gained fifty pounds. Now you look like a fat ass. Nobody feels good being a fat ass. So, but, but, but you had time to do all that. You just didn't choose it right. So, I think it's this, and I almost. I'm almost going to sound a little pessimistic about this, and I don't mean to be, but until somebody gets really clear on what they want and actually decides to be disciplined about getting it, they're going to spin their wheels in the mud, and they're going to want to look around and blame everybody else, and it's their own damn fault. How's that for some truth?
1: (laughs) Thank you. That being said, (laughs) I feel like... I feel like I struggle with this concept of the reason or your, your big why, as Simon Sinek would say. And man, if you can speak into to this specifically or even ask me questions, that, that's fine. You know, I went on this entrepreneur journey because I got fired from so many other jobs. The economy stunk. And I realized that I didn't like working for crummy bosses. I didn't like taking, um, oh, what am I thinking of? Direction from people that were self-serving and then take huh. credit for what I did. So I bucked the system and then I also got fired from jobs because of that. And so what ended up happening is when I came into real estate, I got into real estate because I wanted to be a real estate investor. Uh, and I'm not yet. I have my home. But I haven't reached the level of success financially to start investing in real estate because I've been hindered a lot by student loans and then also just not making enough money to do those things, just money to live on. But now I'm in a season where all of that is about to change or it's in the process of changing far more than it was a year or two ago, where there's extra money, where We have a better lifestyle. There's quite a bit of margin and we're paying off debt like crazy. We're about to pay off the student loans. And I look at my life, I look at my business and I say, but what's really motivating me? Because at times I have a hard time waking up in the morning because I stay up too late watching TV for no reason. I, you know, am not as disciplined physically like I used to be because I've had so many injuries and it just, it hurts. <laughs> it's not enjoyable and I'm not expecting working out is. And so I'm wanting, to, I'm wanting to change these areas of my life, but I don't feel like I found that big reason why, except for the fact that I want to live, I want to have a healthy life. I have all these intentions and wants, but nothing has been so desirable for me to essentially kick my own butt and get up out of bed each morning.
0: Well, I think there's a couple of things to address here. Sometimes people are waiting for a calling and I don't think the calling has to be your why when a, a concept or a characteristic can be the, <coughs> excuse me, can be the why at first. So let me give you an example. So now I feel massively called to help other uh, people in relationship to build a relationship that's star status. But I haven't always had that calling or I haven't always walked in that calling. But before that, I had a concept that got my ass out of bed. And the concept is, I want to live my best life. Or the concept might have been freedom. The concept might have been, I I, want to live a life of no stress. I don't want to have to worry about finances because I know there's plenty in the bank and there's plenty more coming in because my business is cranking. So it comes down to I believe, before you feel like you have a calling, which I think is the coolest place to be because now you feel like, all right, something bigger or someone bigger than me has said, all right, you're chosen for this task. Let's go attack it. And I think there's a lot of fire in that. I think we should all want to at least live up to a concept. Maybe a concept for you is to become debt free. And that's your why. Maybe a concept for you is um, I want to be disciplined because I know that my life will be better because of that. And so therefore you seek the discipline. Sometimes you might be like, who do I need to show up for today? And who needs me on my A game today? What kind of example am I living today? So those are a lot of concepts that can put fire under people's fannies to really get them going. So that's one thing about the calling thing. The second thing is, you know, I've never been a real estate agent, um, ever. And I I think that you can bypass being an agent and go right into being an investor. But I think the way you need to do that is to hire somebody who's done that and can lay out a real blueprint for you and show you exactly how to do it. That's, I think my one, my one tactic to success has been who's in the field that I want to be in, who's killing it and what do they say is massively important and what do they do? And then just follow that exact example. Hmm. Did that answer it for you?
1: No, it does. I mean, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head.
0: Yeah. So it's like, you know, being in shape. You don't have to work out that much, or you can go in a pool and swim. So there's no hurt on your joints. Usually, why most people aren't in shape is it has nothing to do with what they're doing; it's what they're not doing, and they're not. At, they don't have any self control over what they eat, and right. so usually the reason for that is because they don't have a bigger picture and a bigger version of who they want to become and what they want to accomplish in this earth. And so they don't take that very seriously. I know that's what it was for me. And I always had to all get around to it. You know what I mean? I'm a quick learner. I can figure this out. If I really want to get in shape, I could. It's like, well, yeah, but you're not. So I th- think sometimes we live in this little poser status of, I think I'll do that when, and in reality it's like, no, that's it. I think everything is learnable and I think there are so many people doing exactly what you or me or somebody else that's listening to this podcast would want to do that the really, the fastest way to success is just go model exactly what they're doing. I mean, it's that simple, but it'll be work and it won't always feel fun. There's shit that I do today, even in my calling, like I really don't want to do this today. (laughs) i would rather just surf all day and not go to any meetings but that's not realistic and i just go you know what you're gonna feel way better i also i oftentimes think that people don't feel feel very good about themselves um also because they they haven't put in work and they've sloughed off things or pushed things off and so they're not proud of themselves Does that make sense
1: yeah it does Well, you said something that made me think, you know, when we watch some of these gurus of social media business, I'll just take Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone or some of these really vibrant personalities. I think one thing that comes across in their message that that maybe is not reality for 99.9% of everyone else is that they eat, breathe, and sleep and love what they do. And for the normal person, that's probably not going to be the case where Uh they wake up every morning enthralled by the hunt and the chase and everything that it takes to get there. And so, but we've bought into this message that, okay, well, if, if I don't have that, then I need to find my passion because then my passion will drive me. Well, I've noticed even having passion for something still won't drive you. So yeah. how do, how do we go about changing that conversation in our head about what drives us? And then I think what, like you said, it really just comes down to creating the disciplines to follow through with that.
0: It will for sure. But nobody's going to be disciplined to do something they don't want to do. Right. It's like, uh, there's a there's a lot to be said on that so like the Gar- grant cardone's the gary v's these guys are the outliers they're the exceptions and that's the reason why they're you know quote unquote you know internet famous is because they have such fire passion and drive to do what they do that's why gary likes working 18 hours a day 18 hours a day of work sounds like the most miserable life on planet earth to me right 8 hours a day of working sounds like an absolutely miserable existence So it's, you got to know who you are, know what you want, know what, I I just think it comes down to like, well, what do you want? And most people don't know what they want because they've been told what they want and they're so influenced. What I would tell somebody to do is stop watching Gary Vee, stop watching Grant Cardone, stop watching Andrew Frizzella, stop watching anybody at all and start journaling what the hell you want. But Keith, that sounds so simple. I know. It is really simple, but most people are waiting to be told what to do. Like, Oh, I'm not Gary Vee, So I'm not an entrepreneur. You know how many wildly successful entrepreneurs came before Gary V and how many wildly successful entrepreneurs there are concurrently with Gary Vee that have never even heard of that guy. And how many wildly successful entrepreneurs look at Gary Vee and go, what a joke. This guy's crazy. Nobody that, that, that what he's saying is ridiculous. So, but what happens is people get caught up in, I think the bystander of like watching the the show of like, Oh, what did this guy, this Gary and this guy, it's like, how about not worry about any of that and just put your head down and figure out what makes you happy. You're going to have to pay your bills at first, but then start watching. What do you, what are you YouTube searching? What are you Google searching? What are you looking for? What fires you up? What, what gets you excited? And then go dive into that community and see what opportunities there are. There's so many opportunities. Like let's say in the UFC world, there's so many opportunities to be a part of the UFC without ever being a UFC fighter, without being a trainer, without being a ring announcer. There's like 200 points of insertion in every industry that I've discovered to be a part of an industry that you really, really like. So I'll never be a professional surfer. I don't want to shape surfboards. I don't want to do any of that. But I love surfing. There's pr- if I wanted to, if I looked hard enough, there's about 200 opportunities for me to be able to uh, get into that industry and make money on that industry if I wanted to. But, you know, so I guess what I'm saying is, what I love about Gary, I I hope Gary becomes the most famous person on planet Earth because I love his message of positivity and being right. self-aware and all that type of stuff. But I think it's unrealistic for anybody to actually think they're going to be Gary V because you're not going to be.
1: Right. Yeah. And you're hitting the nail on the head. I hope I it didn't sound like I was slamming on him or Grant Cardone because no, no. Okay. Good. Because I I just didn't want to come off that way. Because you're no, right. But what, like, you're,
0: what you're saying, these guys feel like they have this uh, eternal fire blazing within their belly and they have to go to, and they hate the fact that they have to sleep because they'd rather be up doing business deals. Right. When in reality there's like few people that, that actually think that and a calling, you don't have to have this calling from God to be able to go do really cool stuff. And sometimes you just look at work as it is what it is. It's work. And then what do you, what do you spend your free time doing? You know, I think people try and de- they try and make this really, really mystical. And I, it is where you got to filter through the bullshit and you got to figure out what the hell do you want? What, do you, what, it, what excites you? For me, I like traveling. I like going on surf trips with my buddies. I like hanging out in the house playing dolls with my daughter. Like I don't even ever want to use – I hope the word grind and hustle never comes off my lips ever because I don't care about that. Like that doesn't mean anything to me. Could I make more money? Probably. Do I care? (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think that's where true happiness comes from. And I'm actually a friend of Gary's. I've texted him on a number of occasions and hung out with him on a number of occasions. And I think he's the most lovely human being on planet earth. And I just go, I am not built like that. And I don't hope I hope I never become built like that.
1: Right. You
0: know what I mean? And I, and that's where I actually find my strength. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Have you ever heard of the story, uh, it, it's from the book, The Third Door, you can't compete with Amazon by trying to be Amazon?
0: No, but I, that, what, a, what a beautiful concept.
1: Basically, their, Walmart was trying to compete with Amazon online sales and spent billions of dollars trying to do such and they were just hurting themselves in the process. Hmm. And so, a new person came in to to help, and then with looking at everything, realized she was trying to comp- or they were trying to compete with Amazon by doing exactly what Amazon did, and mm. then she took this huge banner and put it up, and it said, "You can't out Amazon Amazon." Mm. I so, love that. Yeah. So then they needed to find their unique uh, business proposition and just be them, and I think so many times. Yes, there's things that we can model for success, but at the same time, we shouldn't try to model other people in the context of trying to be these other people or make their life dreams our life dreams. So how do so we go true. about finding, I guess, that, that why or those phrases that help get us up in the morning, but then figure out a way to go out and seize the day?
0: Well, so every listener is going to be in a different situation. You might have some listeners that are already financially free and they they have a lot of time. You have some of the people that are maybe working three jobs just to try and put food on the table for their kids, right? So it might be a little bit different and people are going to have some different uh, ways to approach this. But I think one of the simplest ways is to get back, is to try and say, when you were a kid, when you're 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, when you know what I mean, you, you, you started having acne, your voice got deeper, and you started dreaming about things that you really wanted to do. What was that? And what attitude did you have at that time?
1: For me, ever since I was seven, I wanted to be a pastor. Okay. And I pursued that all the way up to college, even when I got out of college. I'm 32 now. And over the last few years, I actually let go of that because I've tried to, uh, to work in many different churches, churches, none of which really had any openings, but hey, come volunteer, serve, let us get to know you, then we'll hire you. A lot of broken promises, a lot of false things. And so somewhere along the way, I just decided to, to quit that. Um, mainly because now I'm, I have children and I don't want them to jump from church to church to church. I want them to be rooted in one place. And so I put aside that dream and desire. Simultaneously, there's been this other dream of being a influencer, living out the heart of God by loving others back to life uh, and being vulnerable with who I am, where I'm at, and what I'm trying to do and accomplish in my own life, which is essentially this podcast. I'm not coming from a place of arrival. I'm coming from a place of I'm trying to figure this stuff out and I'm letting everybody know as I'm doing it. And so for me, you know, I guess the new dream is I want to be a, a speaker. I want to be an author, travel, encourage others to, to grow in their faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. None of which am I an epitome of yet but I'm working towards it and I'm just open and vulnerable.
0: Well, look, there's a couple of things I'd like to say that if you want to be a pastor, you don't need any of that other stuff to be a pastor. Just start a Bible study and start pastoring people and see who shows
1: up. I think that's part of why I did the podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, I'm still a pastor even though I don't go to church and I, I, I mean, I have, I don't foresee in any foreseeable future, me ever going to a church ever again. Um, but I pastor people all the time and, and shepherding people is just, you know, good leadership and showing people, you know, how to be able to get what they want out of life or to be able to do the things that they're wanting to do or live a good life. Right. And there's a lot of ways to, to accomplish that. So I still look at a lot of the, the best influencers now as they're pastors, like they're shepherding and they're leading people. Um, a B, if, if speaking and those types of things are what are you're super interested in, I would find a good mentor and a coach that you can hire that will show you the exact steps. Brendan Burchard lays out a really great, um, first of all, I think everybody should read the book by Brendan Burchard called The Charge, and I think everybody should read the book High Performance Habits. I mean, those are two books that absolutely everybody should read to answer a lot of these questions and become high performers in whatever field they choose, but I think he lays out a really big plan and that is what do you want to become reverse engineer the five things you need to do to be able to become those things. And if that means you have to go interview people who have already done them or talk to people who have done them and find out what the major five things are for them and what they had to do, then focus a hundred percent of your effort, more like 90% because we all have, you know, regular stuff we've got to do during the day. focus, the majority of your effort on those five things and delegate everything else out and become obsessed with those five things until you get to where you want to be like i think this, the the formula is the same in everything what do you want there's five major steps you're going to need to do to get there find out what those five are and then become obsessed with those five until you get it
1: hmm.
0: and 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 cut out all the other distractions right and we have a lot of them
1: well and i think too, when it comes to cutting out distractions, we think of distractions like, I mean, TV is a distraction, but also distractions are all the other things that we don't want to do that, or excuse me, all the other things that we want to do, but not in the top five.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's it's called giving up good for the, for great. It's called giving up uh, the better for the best. You know, it's, it's asking yourself, where do you really want to be? And is this serving you? I don't really like watching TV that much, but I watch about an hour and a half of it every single day because my wife absolutely loves it. And that's how we spend time together. And so we have a ton of inside jokes because of it. Um, but like whenever she, like she leaves for three or four days, like the TV never comes on just because it's it's not a form of entertainment for me that I would choose. I'd rather read a book. I'd rather go surf. There's other things that I would like, but there are shows that she likes and then, and, I watch them with her because I like spending time with her, and it's something that we can kind of geek out on together. Kind of like how sometimes she'll watch football games with me. Like she could care less. Like she went to a kids' party on Super Bowl Sunday rather than watch the Super Bowl because she could absolutely care less about football. So sometimes we compromise and do those things to, to be with each other. But when it really boils down to it, I think if, and, and here's the sad thing, and I hate to say this, oh my God, I, I, I almost don't even want to say this out loud. But I can tell you the very specific thing people need to do to wrap their time and get their time under control. And the fact is 98% of people, when they hear it, will not do it. They'll go, that's true, Keith's right, but they still won't do it. Here's, here it is, you ready? Yes. Write down everything you do during the day. In 30-minute chunks. 30-minute chunks, write down everything you do. Do that for an, an entire week and then look back on it and say, did I hit any of the things that were actually driving me forward towards my goal? And if not, then I need to open up those time slots for things that are actually going to help me get towards my goal and, and, and stop doing the other things. Mm. If somebody did that, they would actually move the ball forward so radically towards the things that they actually want to do that their life would be entirely different in 90 days. But that sounds so simple. There's no, there's no feeling. Like we love buying new programs. We love, we love reading new books. We love joining new coaching programs because it hits all of our endorphins and our endorphins are saying, this is the time. This is the one. This is the tactic. And it's like, it might have been and it might be. Problem is, it's in your hands and you don't know how to handle yourself. So you have a great, great tool in your hand. Problem is, you're too fucked up to understand how to actually use it. Because you won't sit down and actually write down, what did I do this last seven days? And did I do any of the activities that are moving me forward? And the answer almost always is not really. Or you spent 10% of your time on it. Like I know what I'm saying is so overly cliche and simple, but that's because it's actually what works and nobody will do it. That's what I've discovered in my life. And I think that's one of the keys to my success.
1: Is doing what no one else will do.
0: It's not doing what no one else will do. It's finding out what I actually need to be doing and doing that and putting aside the other stuff that is unnecessary for a time being. So when I first got into real estate investing, I hired a mentor. I paid a lot of money to the guy. And one of the things I realized that was taking up a lot of my time was watching football. Like right now, I may have watched three games all season just because football doesn't mean that much to me anymore because it doesn't help me. There's no return on investment. I can say, wow, did you see that play? Yeah. Okay. Whoopty. And it made me feel great in the time and what a great entertaining thing it is. But when it really boils down to it, it doesn't, it's not getting me towards building my dream house on the beach with my wife. It's not getting me more ripped. It's not making me more money and moving my impact or my influence forward. It's not making me a better dad. So I had to ask myself, is this thing, doing any of the things that you want. So when I first started flipping real estate 13 years ago, I stopped watching football altogether until I got my first deal. And that's back when Reggie Bush was a thing. And, and (laughs) I was a USC Trojan fan. And I was just like, Reggie Bush is never going to pay my mortgage. None of these NFL players care a lick about where I'm going with my life. So why am I investing so much of my time watching them?
1: Right. Right.
0: So I had to cut that out until I got to where I want. And like, okay, cool. Now I can give myself a little entertainment break. And dude, I'll tell you, it's hard because we're addicted to entertainment. We're addicted to all the things that we actually, if you boil right down to it, we think we're entitled to. We think it's our right as an American to be able to watch football on Sunday. Well, yeah, you can. But if you're not where you want to be, why would you spend four or six or eight hours on something like that? That's never going to help you move forward. So these are things that I had to do in my life. And guess what? Now I'm successful enough to go to any of these games, to fly out to them, to get a box, to do all these things. But the interesting thing is I can go do that, but now I really don't even care. A couple of my buddies and I, um, Garrett J. White and Pete Vargas, we were sitting around. We're like, hey, do we all want to go to the, um, uh, let's all go to the college national championship game. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like fun because I'd like to hang out with my buddies. But then I thought, shit, I don't even watch this stuff for free at home. Why am I going to go spend 10 grand on a trip? I'd rather I'd rather go surf Indonesia for seven days with my wife and Garrett and his wife and do something I actually really love rather than invest in this. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like, and I would have never thought that would happen. I would have always thought, man, as soon as I can afford these things, I'd be out to them. But I had to come to realize these things aren't serving me. They're not moving me forward in any way, shape, or form. You know no, what I mean?
1: Right. Not only are they not serving you, but in a sense, you haven't earned the right to as well.
0: Exactly, man. Exactly.
1: So, man, a lot of this is hitting home because I love watching football or spending time doing, doing in entertainment value things versus things that move the needle forward. And I think my big excuse is, well, I've worked hard, I've earned it, or I deserve to relax.
0: hmm Says like, who? <laughs> yeah. If you, if you don't have the results, then no, you don't.
1: Right. And I think that's the thing too, is because then it goes back to, you know, having realistic expectations and results. Because the truth of the matter is, you know, ideally, I would love to to be as wealthy as Gary or um, as wealthy as Grant. You know, wanting to own an NFL team, but that's probably unrealistic for me. Not because, you know, well, just because I don't, I'm not made that way. And there's this, I this false reality of this is what success looks like versus what actual success looks like for me. So how do we redefine what success for ourselves looks like in the terms of how we were created?
0: Well, let, um, I'll give you a short answer just so we can, I know this is getting a little long. I want to make sure I wrap it up. So we're not just dragging your uh, listeners through all this, but I can tell you this much, man. There's only one way to define success and that is what is important to you. That's it. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's just that simple. You got to sit with yourself and say, what is important to me and what does success look like to me? And if you can't define that, then you need to spend a lot of time sitting with that and figuring out and figuring out. Sometimes you need to start with what does it not look like? Success does not look like to me X, Y, or Z. And that can kind of help you hone in on what it, what it does look like. And then you got to ask yourself, when you define success for yourself and you don't care what anybody else thinks success is, that's why the Gary V's and the Grant Cardone's are so stinking happy with what they do because they get a lot of hate and they could just care less what anybody thinks because so they've already defined success for themselves. And there's no, no easy way to define it other than I, if I were you and anybody listening, I would get up. 15 minutes early every single day and write out write out with a pen and paper, success to me is. And every day, do that for the next 7 to 10 days and find out if there's a theme. Find out if there's something that, that crosses your mind. Find out if there's something that really, um, you know, that keeps showing up. And then be like, that's what success looks like for me. Create a plan to find that. Get absolutely obsessed with that plan and go after it stop looking, stop watching social media. Cause dude, the truth of the matter is that's not helping anybody's life. Doesn't matter. It's just a form of entertainment and distraction. And all it does is just make you sad that you're not them. And th- you'll know if you were created a certain way, you'll know, you'll know that, that dude, Gary's life looks like absolutely misery to me, but man, he sure is having a fun time doing it. And my life would look miserable to him but I am having an absolute fucking blast doing what I'm doing. Does that make sense?
1: It does, completely. Awesome, brother. Keith, man, thank you so much for coming on. The time, the wisdom, life experience you have, I really appreciate you joining us today.
0: Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: When I started this podcast, it was important for me to lead by example that I wouldn't hide behind a fake mask acting like I've arrived and speaking from the mountaintop my whole purpose was to be vulnerable about where i was my failures my struggles and my successes so that i could be a bridge that i could be a gap in this process of showing people how to change in the areas of faith family finances friendship fitness and fun because that's exactly where i'm at and what i'm doing and i had a coach years ago and he was the first coach i've ever had And he did it for a very affordable rate because I couldn't afford anything more than what he offered me. But he told me this, Evan, someday you're gonna get in a spot where you're gonna be able to give back to others. And I want you to remember what I'm doing for you here and now. That it's made affordable so that you can actually go through it. He goes, I believe in you. And I trust that you'll do this. And so because of that, it resonated within me at a certain point when I felt I've had enough hard knocks that I had something to offer other people, I would start a coaching program. And this is that. I am now starting a coaching program and I'm gonna make it affordable because by the graces of someone else that helped me out when I was first starting my journey, I wanted to do the same for other people. So I'm gonna offer a free 15-minute coaching phone call to anyone that wants it. You can go to the website, thewholepersonpodcast.com and sign up for that free coaching phone call. And if you're looking to have a longer extended coaching relationship outside of that first 15 minute phone call, I have the prices right up front. I'm open about it. And I'd be more than happy to see if we'd work well with one another and can help you reach and achieve the goals that you have in life. Guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the show.